Hello, and welcome back to Whole and Complete Podcast. I'm Dr. Shantae, your host, and this is the podcast all about faith and wellness, loving God and living well. And we are many episodes into season one, and this is usually about the time where I would be closing up shop because I think that the average length of a season for Believing Bigger was somewhere between 22 and 25-ish episodes. And I don't know when this season is going to end. It will end at some point. (laughs) It will end at some point. But what I can tell you is where we are going next. Okay, so this is a series based podcast. And our next three series are all about battles, battling different things. And it's going to challenge all of us to face and confront some hard truths It's going to cause us and challenge us to recognize some patterns in our lives that might need to change. And it's also going to challenge us to do some inner work. So specifically, these next three series are going to be about battling loneliness. So that's the series that we're going to be in right now, battling depression slash anxiety, that's going to be the next series, and battling addiction. And I know sometimes when people hear the word addiction, they immediately think drugs like, oh, I'm not on drugs. So that doesn't apply to me. But oof, addiction can manifest in so many different ways. And it is a disease. And it's something that we're going to get into. So those are the, the next set of battles. It's going to be loneliness, depression, anxiety, and addiction. And I'll say more about this at the end of the episode. But because I know that Sometimes we hear podcasts and it strikes a nerve with us and we think about it. We contemplate it. We say, okay, Lord, I hear you talking to me. And we're not entirely certain about what that next step should be. What is the next right thing to do in order to help us do some of that work that needs to be done. And so for the battle series, all three series, I'm going to be hosting a set of Uh, weekly Zoom meetings, just basically to hold space to unpack some of these issues and some of these challenges. And I'll say more about that at the end of the episode. But this is, it's getting to be the time where you know, it's like, okay, we can't just talk about it, we have to be about it. And I'm not a counselor, I am not a licensed professional. So (laughs) let me put that right out there. But I am a certified life coach. And I do think that there is some value in holding space that allows people to work through some of this stuff in a setting that is safe. And so I'll say more about that at the end of the episode. But right now, let's get into battling loneliness. And our guiding scripture for this series is Matthew chapter 18, verses 12 through 14. And it says, what do you think? If a man has a 100 sheep and one of them goes astray, Will he not leave the 99 on the hills and go out to search for the one that is lost? And if he finds it, truly, I tell you, he rejoices more over that one sheep over the 99 that did not go astray. In the same way, your father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should perish. So I love this scripture. I have used it in my previous podcast, uh, Believing Bigger. And actually, I think the name of the episode was The Lost Sheep. So go check that out. (laughs) You know, those episodes are still there. But for today, that scripture is going to guide us to recognizing loneliness, understanding the dangers of loneliness and losing the battles. So let's get right into it. 
So as we always do, we start our series with a definition, okay? So that everybody's on the same page. And the definition of loneliness that we are using for this series is a gap or a disconnect between the human connections that you need and the social connections that you have. So I want to repeat that. Loneliness is a gap or a disconnect between the human connections that you need and the social connections that you have. So one of the first things that we have to recognize and accept is that human connection is a vital, basic, essential human need. And I know many people, myself included, I'm guilty, have had a problem with that premise. You know, many people have a problem with that premise. You know, it's not uncommon to hear people say, I don't need nobody to do this. I don't need nobody to do that. I'm my own best friend. And I understand that. But the real truth of the matter is that we were designed, we were designed for human connection. God did not plant us in the ground like little seedlings and trees. He created us to be born into communities. So there is no man or woman that can independently produce life. There is no man or woman that can produce life, create life, recreate on their own, procreate on their own. The creation of human life requires in some form or fashion, however way you finagle it, another human life, period. The creation of human life requires another human life. So when loneliness is defined as the gap between the human connections that you need and the social connections that you have, it implies that you need human connection to be a healthy, thriving, successful person. We have a need to be seen and to be heard and to be valued, to be recognized as worthy and as important. And when we don't have those dynamics present in our lives, it fosters a sense of worthlessness and invisibility. So we think that, you know, well, nobody sees me. Nobody sees the real me. If I dropped off the face of the earth tomorrow, would anybody care or would anybody notice that I was gone? And loneliness can feel very isolating, like no one gets it. And it creates paranoia. If I tell someone I feel this way, are they going to think I'm crazy or, or I'll be exposed and, you know, you're feeling vulnerable. But it's really important for us to recognize the myriad ways that loneliness can show up in your life because there's a misconception that loneliness is like a single people thing. And so for those of you that are listening to this and are like, mm -mm, I'm not lonely. Sorry, Dr. Shante, I got a boo. Listen, you can have a boo <laughs> and still experience loneliness. You can have a husband, kids and still experience loneliness. You can still have a wife experience loneliness. You can come from a loving big old country dozen family where you got eight and 10 siblings on each side. You can still experience loneliness. And so it shows up in our lives in a lot of ways. And so what I'm getting ready to do is kind of break down some of the ways that loneliness shows up. So one of those ways is you're conditioned, we're conditioned to believe that value and worth are tied to money, power, influence. So when those things are not present in your life, when you don't have a lot of money and you don't have a lot of power and you don't have influence or reputation, when those things are not present, you tend to feel less than. 
And Vivek Murthy, he wrote a book called Together. And in that book, he talks about how wealth and reputation and power become these false gods that we worship. And that's exactly what they are. They're false gods. They're, it's the belief that these things will bring you fulfillment, that these things will bring you joy, that these things will bring you happiness. If I had more money or if I had more power, if I had more influence or followers on social media, then I would be happy. I would be joyous. I would have it made. But those things are false gods. And in doing so, when we worship those false gods, we lose the real meaning of what it is to be worthy and valuable. Loneliness also shows up when you have a lot of transactional relationships. So when you think about a transaction, right, like go to the grocery store, they give you groceries, you give them money, it's a transaction. So you have a lot of transactional relationships based on the exchange of tasks and favors but no real deep connections. So this is when the only time your phone rings or pings is when you're needed. Can you do this? Will you do that? I need you to do so-and-so. These things are transactions. And when the transaction is complete, your phone doesn't ring. Nobody calls just to check on you or to see how you're doing. And this can foster a deep sense of loneliness. Loneliness can show up when you're the go-to person for the needs of others but you don't have anyone that you feel close enough or safe enough to go to when you're struggling. And this is really big for people who consider themselves influencers or leaders, pastors, ministers, because you're the person that has the answers. You're the person who people run to when they have issues. But when it comes to your own issues, you don't feel safe enough or you feel like you're discredited or less than or an imposter if you show up with some issues of your own. Uh, loneliness can show up when you are never really convinced that you by yourself are enough so that you in and of yourself, just as a human being on the earth, have value, that you are worthy, that you are enough. So you get locked into this pattern of performing and pleasing to earn your value. I'm only worthy if I'm checking boxes. I'm only worthy if I'm getting good grades. I'm only worthy if I'm getting praise at work or I'm only worthy if I'm getting likes on social media. So for those of you, if this is your first time listening to this podcast, like your very first time, please circle back to like the cancer series because we do a deep dive into that sort of thinking. A loneliness can show up when you maintain digital connections. So you are connected on social media, but you lack meaningful human connections. So despite, you know, posting jokes or the memes or the articles or whatever on Facebook, nobody really knows how you're doing, but it fosters the illusion that people are connected when in fact they're far from it. Just because you see somebody posting things on social media does not mean that you have any idea how they're feeling or what's going on in their lives really, unless they're publicly disclosing that information. Uh, loneliness can show up when you feel shame. Okay. When you feel shame, because you need people. And I don't know where this comes from. I, I, I wish I could pinpoint it. I probably need to do some work and kind of unpack where this started to show up in my life. But we feel shame when we need people. So if a man says, I need a good woman, then usually the response to the man is, yes, find you a queen. Yes. But if a woman says, I need a man, the response is, oh, Mm, you one of them, one of them. Okay. So you become locked into this pattern 
of shame because you have needs. And the expectation is that you should be able to tough it out or figure it out on your own, that you should be independent. Otherwise, you know, you're seen as weak. And this is a major contributor to feelings of loneliness where you feel shame for actually having needs. You feel shame for wanting companionship. You feel shame for putting yourself out there on a, what do you call it? Like a dating app or what have you. It's like, oh no, I, I can't, I can't put myself out there, you know, because I'm not supposed to have those types of needs, which is completely ridiculous. Um, another way that loneliness shows up is when you engage or maintain toxic, unhealthy relationships with people that to be honest, you really don't even like, but you hold on to those relationships or you engage in those relationships because you're too afraid of the vulnerability and reality of being alone, thinking that, well, something is better than nothing. You know, a piece of a woman is better than no woman at all. A piece of a man is better than no man at all. You know, you know, the relationship is surface. You know that it leaves you pained and you know that it leaves you drained, but it's a pillar of validation that, well, somebody likes me. And that creates a whole other set of, of toxic thinking and behaviors, which we're not going to get into in this episode. Um, loneliness can manifest when you shy away from the work of building healthy relationships or healthy human connections and putting yourself out there because of past hurts or unresolved betrayals or disappointments. So somebody in a past life, a friend, family member, a boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, whatever, did you dirty. They did not hold up their end of the friendship contract, the social contract, the love contract. They, they did not hold up their end of the bargain. They broke the contract. And as a result, you are hesitant and reluctant to put that kind of work into what could potentially be a really healthy and loving and mutually beneficial relationship because you have been burned in a previous relationship. Loneliness can show up when you are afraid to be vulnerable and afraid to admit that you need human connection because you believe that it's going to reveal that you're not popular or not likable or not as successful as you would have people to believe. And so this shows up a lot with people who have hesitancy with things like dating apps. Not to say that it only shows up there, but that's just the clearest example that I can think of because showing up on a dating app means that, well, if you're so pretty or if you were such a good woman or if you're such a good man, then why haven't you been snatched up? Why do you have to, to put yourself on a dating app? You know, if you're so this and this and this and that, then why do you have to resort to a dating app when I don't think a dating apps are a resort to? I think that it is one means of establishing connections and, and getting to know people, especially the way that many of us live our lives so busy and so fragmented and going here and there that it can be difficult to make time in your life to foster those relationships. And so I think that dating apps are one tool to get that ball rolling, to facilitate that process. But a lot of people are reluctant to go there because they feel exposed. What if somebody sees me? What if somebody sees my profile? And then, you know, what are they going to think? And so again, that facilitates and fosters a pattern of loneliness. So the bottom line is that loneliness shows up in so many toxic ways. And when you stay in that state for a number of weeks or months or even years, we have to start thinking about the psychic toll that it takes on our mental health and our physical health. 
There's a reason why when babies are first born, they put the baby right up next to the mom because that skin to skin contact produces oxytocin, which is the love hormone. And when you are living your adult life without meaningful human connections, you are essentially living without love. And that brings us to the dangers of doing that. So a few series back, I did an obesity series, spiritual obesity. And we talked about how toxic and deadly and dangerous obesity is about carrying all of that extra weight. And imagine my surprise when in doing the research to prepare for this series, I found out that loneliness is actually deadlier than obesity. So in 2018, there was a study published by the Public Policy and Aging Report that indicated that loneliness, social isolation, lack of meaningful human connection was actually deadlier than obesity, that it was the equivalent of smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And that people who were socially isolated or withdrawn were 50% more likely to die an early death. And there are scriptures that support this. So in the Bible, King Solomon, David's son, is regarded as the wisest king who ever lived, that there will never come another after him who will ever be as wise as he was. And Solomon was also very rich. (laughs) So he had very much wealth, very much money, very much power very highly regarded reputation. So he had all of the things, right? He had the money, the power, the reputation. He had many wives and many, many children. And towards the end of his life, he started to reflect on the meaning of it all. When he looked at all that he had, all the wisdom that he had, all the money that he had, all the women that he had, all the riches that he had and all the property and just all of it. He started to reflect on what was the real meaning behind all of that. And his thoughts are reflected in the book of Ecclesiastes. So Ecclesiastes is where you'll find that scripture. There's a time to to live and a time to die, a time to mourn and a time to this. So that is Solomon kind of reflecting all of those thoughts. But what he writes here in chapter four of Ecclesiastes uh, verses seven through 12, he said, again, I saw something meaningless under the sun. There was a man and he was all alone. He had neither son nor brother and there was no end to his toil. There was no end to his work. Yet his eyes were not content with his wealth. For whom am I working? He asked. And why am I depriving myself of enjoyment? This too is meaningless, a miserable business. Two are better than one because they have a good return for their labor. If either of them falls down, one can help the other up. But pity to anyone, or some versions of the Bible say, but woe to him, but pity to anyone who falls and has no one to help them up. Also, if two lie down together, they will keep warm. But how can one keep warm alone? I guess they didn't have weighted blankets back then, but okay. Um, He says, though one may be overpowered, two can defend themselves. A cord of three strands is not easily broken. And so here he's talking about how We throw ourselves into things like work and the man that he's referencing in this example is a man that didn't have children and a man who didn't have a brother and was just sitting up there working and getting paid, working and making money, but didn't have anything, anybody to share it with. He said, why am I working so hard? Why am I depriving myself of, you know, the joys of life and part of the joys of life include human connection. I remember there was this movie, oh Lord, was it Mahogany? with Billy D. Williams and, you know, 
the starlet had had risen to fame and and she completely changed up and his whole thing was, you know, what good is all of this when you don't have anybody to share it with, you know, kind of like that. It's lonely at the top. And so there's a danger in being by yourself. The reason why in our scripture reference for this podcast, the reason why the shepherd will go after the one lost sheep is because there is a danger in being estranged and ostracized from community. It makes you vulnerable and it makes you especially vulnerable to attacks of the mind. So specifically, when you are by yourself, off in the cut, alone with your thoughts, and you're already not in a healthy place, you start thinking things like, don't nobody care about you. Don't nobody appreciate you. You know, people just using you. You just a means to an end. You know, you an errand boy. You a flunky. Uh, you don't want to be bothered with those folks, you know, or the, the only person you can really depend on is yourself. And when you distance yourself from people who love you, and know the truth of God's word, you are handicapping yourself. You are you are ill-equipped to fight the enemy. And his favorite battlefield is the mind. So I understand that not everybody has, you know, the, the Cosby family, right? <laughs> Nobody has the Brady Bunch family where everybody is getting along and and loving and it's these two parents and all of that. Some people have some really challenging and complex family dynamics, but just because you don't have a healthy family dynamic with your family of birth does not mean that you cannot thrive in healthy communities. A lot of people have families, quote unquote, what they call them, brothers from another mother, you know, sisters from another mister. So it's not like you can't recreate those dynamics within community but specifically getting back to this issue of being vulnerable when you are estranged from your family spiritual warfare listen to me spiritual warfare is real spiritual warfare is always in play always the Bible says that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, and against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil, against spiritual forces in the heavens. That's Ephesians six twelve. So what that means is those daddy issues are not daddy issues. They're spiritual issues. Those marital issues are not marital issues. They're spiritual issues. Those issues with the kids, those are spiritual issues. They become the weapons, okay? The, the issues in the marriage, the issues with the parents, the issues with the kids, the issues on the job, they become the weapons that are formed against you to make you doubt God. They become the weapons that are formed against you to make you tap out on your faith. They become the weapons that are formed against you to make you spiral into depression and contemplate suicide. Satan, okay, the enemy, so I want to be real specific. Satan can only tell the lie. That is the weapon that is formed. So Satan can only tell the lie, but it is you who has to make the choice whether or not to believe it, okay? He can only tell the lie. That's the weapon being formed. But whether or not it prospers depends on your faith in God. Whether or not it prospers depends on your knowledge of the truth of the word of God and, and the person of God and the son of God. That's what that, that hinges on. And so if you are not rooted in faith, if you are not rooted in God, then when these thoughts come into your head or when these contemplations suddenly start popping up for you and you get triggered, if you don't have an anchor in who you really are in Christ and how much God loves you and all the rest of it, you are going to be subject to attack. And don't get me wrong. All of us have those moments 
of pity partydom. I have thrown, baby, <laughs> I have thrown my fair share. I have wallowed in the mud. I have, oh my goodness, self-pity. I mean, if it was a Girl Scout badge, trust me, I would have earned it many, many times over. So I, I get that we all have those struggles. But when you separate yourself from people who can combat those lies with the truth of God's word, because sometimes we all need to be reminded about the truth of God's word and how much he loves us, then we're putting ourselves in jeopardy for some really toxic outcomes. And, you know, battling loneliness is a real battle, which brings us to losing the battle. So I want to end this episode with some indicators of just some things for you to think about of how you know you might be losing that battle. So battling loneliness is real. You are fending off attacks of anxiety, negative emotions, toxic thoughts, destructive behaviors, and you know you're losing the battle when you find it difficult to accept love from other people. So when people reach out to you, when people express an interest in you, when people want to make a genuine connection and you have a hard time accepting love from others, you have a hard time accepting kindness from others, you have a hard time accepting help from others, you don't trust it, you don't see it as genuine, you question the motive behind it, and so you shut it down. Another way that you know that you're losing the battle of loneliness is when you don't let people in. So when you don't let people be there for you, when you can't be honest about your feelings, you are struggling in that battle. Uh, you know you're losing the battle when you invest too much of yourself too soon in people that you barely know because you are so starved for genuine connection that you'll try to manufacture it with things like sex or grand gestures or overspending on gifts and trinkets. And so when you have been in a love drought, okay, when you have been on the island by yourself for a while and then somebody comes along, somebody that's not even ideal for you, somebody that is misaligned with your values and your beliefs, but is somebody that paid you a modicum of attention, comes along and shows an interest when you start going above and beyond giving up the farm and all and all the chickens and, and the rest of it just to have this person in your life because you are so starved for love and human connection, that means that you're struggling in this battle. Uh, you know you're losing the battle when you when your default to dealing with conflict is to cut people off emotionally and shut down. So that means that you would rather isolate, okay? You would rather withdraw. You would rather end it than dig into the work of fixing it or resolving the conflict. You know you're losing the battle when you start to think that, you know, well, maybe it'd be better if I wasn't around, okay? And I want to say this loud and clear and emphatically. Christians struggle with loneliness. Christians struggle with depression and anxiety. Christians struggle with addiction. I think that sadly, Christianity in so many ways has been reduced down to this list of do's and don'ts. And it's it's become this ideal of, of who you should be. And so anything that challenges that ideal oh, you must not have faith. Oh, you must not really be a Christian. Oh, you must not believe God. Oh, you must not. Listen, people are people. If people didn't have struggles, the Bible would be about five pages long. The Bible is a book of struggle, okay? The, the Bible is a book of imperfect people. Even people that were chosen to do mighty and amazing things for God had their struggles, okay? God chose all kind of broken, raggedy, shackled people to, to do great work, okay? So it doesn't mean that as a Christian, you're not gonna struggle with these things. It doesn't make you less than, but 
these are real struggles, okay, with depression, anxiety, suicide, all the rest of it. So that is why for the next several weeks, so coming back to these uh, Zoom meetings, so for the next few weeks through the loneliness series and the depression, anxiety series and the addiction series, I will be hosting. So grab your pen and paper, write this down or, you know, rewind this part. I will be hosting weekly Zoom meetings just to hold space for people that want to work through these issues. So there's no fancy criteria. We do, we are going to have, you know, guidelines about, you know, how we're going to respect one another in that space and how, and confidentiality and all that, these are not going to be recorded, nothing like that. But I think that there is power in knowing that you are not alone in your battle. I think that there is power in knowing that you are not alone in your struggle. And I think that it is a brave step to say that I want something better for my life, that I want to move closer to God's will for my life, because I know that this ain't it. Okay, that this is not it. And so those zoom meetings are going to happen on Thursday nights. So just for anybody who comes along and hears this episode like three years from now, uh, this is June of 2020. <laughs> so this is June of 2020. And if you find this episode three years from now, I'm sorry, but that ship has sailed. So usually these episodes are released on Wednesday. So June 24th, I think will be the next release of this episode. And so the Zoom meetings are going to start the next day. June 25th. So we'll start there and then we'll just work our way through the series. And whether it's two people or 10 people, the point is there's no substitute for human connection. And I think that too many of us are battling alone, struggling alone, that so many of our issues and problems could be solved, resolved, or made better or more manageable if we leaned into the help that is offered to us. So I'm not charging for this. This is free O charge, but I feel led and compelled and convicted to, to do this. So if you want in on the zoom group, this is how you get into the zoom group two ways, either a shoot me an email Shante at believingbigger.com. Shante S H A N T E at believingbigger.com or hit me up in my inbox on social media. So you can do this um, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Dr. Shante says. So any of my social media platforms and just say, I'd like a Zoom invitation and I will copy the link for you and we will move forward and do that. And it's just going to be an hour. So Thursday nights, this is for you. This is, you know, enough talk, but we have to lean into the work and really start to do that. And so this is my contribution to you in hopes that some of you will be blessed in doing that. So the next episode in this series, we are going to talk about the biblical aspect of loneliness. Okay. So what does the Bible say about loneliness? Who are some people that have fought this battle? Uh, how can we turn the tide and how can we win? So that is where we are headed next. And let me just say thank you to everyone who has been listening to and sharing this podcast. I know that it's been a lot. There's been a lot. There's just been a, so much going on in the world with respect to racism and all the rest of it. Okay. There's just a lot going on right now. And so I know that for some of you, it's been a struggle to even find time to listen to this podcast. So for those of you that are continuing to do that, I really appreciate you. And I would ask as always that you would support this podcast by sharing it with someone that you believe can benefit from it, someone that needs to hear it, and certainly by reviewing it on 
uh, Apple Podcasts, you know, a review goes a long way because you know how people are about reviews before they decide to invest in something. And so if you feel that this is bringing value in those ways, then please do rate and review this podcast so that we can get the word out to as many people as possible. And so if you have any questions, comments, takeaways, you want into that Zoom group, then hit me up, Shantae at BelieveInBigger.com or hit me up at Dr. Shante says in my Twitter, Instagram, and all of my social media handles. And I will see you guys next time.